Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Breakthrough Academy. Good to be here back this morning with Pastor Peter. Good morning, everybody, welcome. and welcome to Breakthrough Academy. We had we've had good technical kick goals this morning. Yeah, we? we've had a lot of trouble the last couple of weeks, but this morning um, we've got our messages online. We've got we're going to Facebook and and YouTube, and it's, praise God for that because a lot of those things were out of our control. Yeah. And um, but they've and got the, their act together. And the, the screen's telling us that our audio is going through. Yeah. So just praise God. <laughs> yeah. It's, so to anyone who's just joining us for the first time, you're thinking, what does that matter? Well, um, we, we've had some battles with the the, the um, Facebook people and things like that, but they've sorted themselves out yeah. and, um, and some internal problems. So, but you know what? We put all that aside. We were just enjoying being able to spend time getting ready, pray, and be ready for you this morning. That's yeah. exciting. And, and we're, we're grateful that even when these things happen, that we can still, you know, just maybe turn the sound up or whatever, but we can still dig in and, and, and go deep and, and have a great time and, 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 and really learn some things. So that's really good. And that's what we do. This is Breakthrough Academy, if you are joining us for the first time. And I've, I, 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 was, I redrew our little logo. I don't know whether you, you know, anyone. You, you, you that talk... was my quick. I did a really quick one. Right, the first morning we're doing Breakthrough. Just, yeah. And I suddenly thought I never went back. So I've just sort of. Made it a little bit nicer. So you, you've really leaned, leaned into your artistic flair with this one. It looks uh, looks very good. So. Yeah. So, Josh, can you explain to people why is our Breakthrough Academy logo this? Because it actually um, it, it strikes the heart of what we're doing here this morning. Well, this this is a this is a book, the Bible, the Word of God, and this is um, a mountain. And so we are people of faith, and so we have mountain moving faith. Have I have I touched exactly. on everything? We, st- we come into the Breakthrough Academy is about studying the Word of God, going deep into the Word of God, but not deep in the way that makes you, you know, like some people get deep into the Word and it makes them a bit obnoxious. You know, mm. if, have you ever met someone that they, they go away to Bible college and they get worse? Um, that, and it can happen. You can, you can dive into something and you actually you build up the mind and you build up your own pride and, you know, it's just all about arguing or feeling that you're superior. No, so we put... The Word of God is sent to what we do, but this mountain reminds us that as we go into the Word of God deep, our faith gets built. Not just faith to, to live day to day, but faith to move mountains. We get yeah. big faith because this is spirit-led and spirit-anointed. You can't, you can't dive into the Word of God and get faith unless you partner with the Holy Spirit yeah. and let Him show you what's there. So our, our, our aim is to take time to establish good, strong foundations from the Word of God, but do it in a way that builds our faith, sends us out of here ready to, you know, bite the back off a chair and get out there and, yeah, and, and, like it's, it's, and, and it's get exciting. things happening. It's exciting to, to, you know, develop your faith, grow in faith and, and do this, not just not just have, as you are saying, knowing the Bible and, and, and head knowledge and, you know, this. But it's actually having faith, developing it, and, like, this is, this is the journey of faith. And like, yes. This is exciting. This is good. So today we're going to, um, my wife just said, um, very good drawing, you must get your talent from me. Um, first of all, that, that, that's, there's a few things wrong with that. Um, that doesn't... Uh, genetics doesn't work like that. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 don't, you, get, you get genetics from you anyway, um, and I've seen your drawings, and I'm thanking God that he's I, given me that I, gift. I, can, I also say, I, we, we've played a game before. I forgot. Well, Pictionary? Chinese Pictionary. Oh, Chinese yeah, Pictionary, yeah. you draw a picture, you pass it on, yeah. write the word, draw the picture. So I've, I've seen her drawings, and they're not great. <laughs> Harsh. There you go. All right, so um, we, we're going to go into the Word of God, and 
let it build faith in us and quicken us. Um, you know, there's last week we talked about what our roots are and our foundations are for knowing that healing is the will of God because mm. it's really important because when you do face situations where someone isn't healed, then you can be challenged by that. And there's a sense where you say, well, I see what is happening and therefore I am trying to work that through my understanding of the will of God, what God desires and what his plans are. Um, I pray, I pray, I ask God and it doesn't happen. Therefore, I've got a few choices. First of all, I can take the choice. Well, God didn't actually want it to happen. That's fine. You know, uh, hey, I prayed. God said, no, I'm not giving you that. Um, so my prayers were, were, were pushed back. And a lot of people live in that. They say, well, um, we're going to follow the very example of Jesus who said, not my will, but your will be done. And they say, well, I'm going to finish every one of my prayers with that. And I think yeah. I shared that last week that um, I actually grew up in a church where lovely people, but the end of every prayer, um, especially in terms of praying for healing, I can still remember we'd sit around in a little circle, we're having a prayer meeting. Prayer meetings for us were one person prayed, everyone else listened, another person prayed. Yeah. And it was like um, so-and-so from the church um, is not well, you know, they're battling sickness. Well, we'll pray for them. So that's good. They pray for for healing. And they'd pray and they say, Lord, we pray that they would get better, they would be no longer sick, and they'd be healed if it be thy will. It would always, everything yeah. at the end of the, if it be thy will. Yeah. And so that was basically saying, we're not sure, and so we'll wait and see a little bit to see. We're not against miracles, but um, we will just wait and see. Um, and there's no faith in that. Faith begins where the will of God yeah. is known. And that just undermined, or it sounded really holy. It sounded really, you know, like as if they and, were submissive. And that's that just, doing it like that just means that um, everything, every situation, everything you'll ever pray about or go through in your life, you, yeah. it's just, oh. God didn't want that or God didn't will for that to happen. So that's it. Exactly. And and so... There's no faith in that. There's no faith. And and Jesus, when he was teaching how to pray, he actually helped us to to say, listen, when, when it comes to prayer, there's there's things that you need to, to push through on. Um, you, um, things that when you're praying, sometimes they won't happen. He, he did give teaching, ask and you'll be received, mm. knock and you'll, it'll be open. Um, you know, seek and you'll find. They're sort of, yes, you you pray. If you ask anything in my name, you'll have it. And so it's like, oh, okay, I've got, Jesus said we'll pray and yeah. receive things. But then there's other times when he was talking about prayer and he, um, and it was, it didn't happen like that. It was like, oh, it, it's not going to, um, uh, let, let me give you an example. Luke chapter 18, verse one. So, and also, um, if a reminder, if you haven't, to um, turn the the ad thing off. <laughs> yes, I've done that. <laughs> Lest we yeah. see your um, the movies that you've been watching. <laughs> Parable of the Persistent Widow. Josh is joking. He watched last week if you're not sure what that was all about. Parable of the Persistent Widow. Then Jesus told them a parable to show them that they should always pray and not lose heart. All right? Should always pray and mm, not good. lose heart. Why would you give a parable to not lose heart if prayer just happened every time? <laughs> There's no need for the second half. Yeah. You don't need to give people that, that sense of persistence and, um, and holding on and 
don't give up yeah. if your prayers get answered every time. So it, it seems like some, you know, sometimes or in situations you have to press on, you have to push through, uh, continue, continue believing in faith, knowing that it is the will of God. Even, exactly. even when uh, the natural is not, like, that's not what the natural is saying. <laughs> yeah, and that's, um, yeah, and, and, and this goes on to tell about the story of the persistent widow who kept coming who kept coming, give me justice, kept coming, kept coming. So he says, I'm giving you a parable so that you would keep your faith strong and particularly when it says praying. When you pray, mm. you need to be able to not lose heart. Um, and can I just say something? Um, some people think, okay, I'm either praying or I'm not praying and I'm not praying because I lost heart. I'll put another uh, little category in there. There are times when you are praying, but you have lost heart and your prayer has gone to some sort of this automated, I'm not really believing it prayer. So it's not as if you've stopped praying. It goes to the return to sender or something. You're, like. you're, just, you're, just, you're just going <laughs> going through the, um, the motions, you're, you're praying, but the expectation, the, the actual I'm ready to receive has gone. Yeah, because it's the, just, it's, the expectation, it's, yeah, yeah, it's gone. It's it's an expectation is intertwined with faith, with was intertwined with your joy and your eagerness, and and you're believing it, and you realize, you know, I'm still praying, but I've lost heart. I'm still got this. Oh, I'm really. I I, I started off with a, oh God, I'm you know we're going to receive this and believe this. To oh yeah, Lord, I pray for that because it's on my prayer list, and I pray well, I pray for that person. I pray for, mm. um, you know, my neighbor. I pray for this financial situation. I yeah. pray for my healing. But really, the expectation is, is, is dissipate, dissipated. Um, and so I put that in. The, that's the category I would more fit into. It's not that I've stopped praying. Yeah. I've stopped praying with a heart that's expectant. Yeah, that's right. and, um, and so, you know, this woman came, give me justice. And eventually justice was given. And we, we, don't, we don't want to unpack that this morning. Um, but there's another example here in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Uh, sorry, Luke 11. Uh, and Jesus is taught on the, the Lord, what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's actually the prayer given to the church. It's the church's prayer. It's not his prayer. It's ours. They said, you know, um, Jesus was praying in verse one in a certain place when he stopped, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll teach you. I'll give you some keys here for prayer. So he said, when you pray, say this, Father, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. Now, this is the shortened version. You know, in Matthew, mm, little, in Adelaide, yeah. your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Book of Matthew. Um, give us each day our daily bread. There's, there's something about that where God expects us to ask things don't just automatically come. Yeah, It's true. like, God, you know we need bread. Why would I need to ask? You know, um, did you need to go as a child to your parent each week and say, please feed me? Please go and buy me food. You know, so, well, they, no, you sort of, they knew you needed food. They knew you. Now, you would only go to them if you're having an extra snack and say, can I have something else? Yeah. But if you're going for a main meal, you just, that was expected. Yeah. You would expect that they've gone to the grocery store, they've prepared, they cook. And so it's like, God, you know I need daily bread. But there's a, there's a spiritual principle here where it needs to be asked for. You need to lay hold of it through prayer. So mm. a lot of people say, if it's God's will, it will just automatically come to me. 
If it's God's will, I will be experiencing it because I'm God's child and I'm going to walk in it. No, there's a whole lot of reasons why things that God wants for you and believes for you and has purchased for you aren't necessarily something you're experiencing. Mm, yeah. Anything from you know the devil gets in the way of things and he's you know, thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. Where I got an opponent here, and you know this is uh, this is not a game in life where without an opponent. Um, many years ago, I um, I was playing. I was, used to play basketball as a junior, and um, there was a friend of mine, and we were preparing to play in a big match. It might have even been the final, and so we said we'll do some extra training. The two of us went down to a local high school and used their basketball court, you know, out of ours, just the two of us, and we practiced passing, and we 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 set up all these moves to be able to get to the to the the ring easily. And you know what? We were nailing it. It was really, it was a, I can still remember, you know, I would have been 16, 15, 16. I can still remember that practice session. We were in sync. You know, I, I was the silky moving one and he was actually quite tall. And um, I think his name is Gordon. And so Gordon would get under the ring and I'd round the back, pass it off and he'd pop it in. And it's like, whoa, we, we, we had all these moves. Do you know what the best thing and why that was so good? It was the two of us. Mm. There was no opponents. <laughs> Always dangerous to base how well you've done playing a sport without the opponent on the court. Because you know what? It was so easy. We were nailing everything and getting that pass. Then we went and then we translated that onto the court where you have five opponents on the court. And guess what? Totally different story. It just went south. It was because we didn't, we, we, we set up our game plan as if there was no opponents. It's, looking back, it's like foolish. But mm. how foolish would it be for Christians to set up their life plan as if there's no, there's no op opposition? As if they're never going to get attacked. As or... if there's never going to be anyone pushing back or there's yeah. not going to be anything that's going to try and stop you. You know, Paul said, um, you know, we don't wrestle flesh and blood, but we, do, we, we wrestle. they um, spiritual powers in heavenly places. Therefore, we've got to stand and we've got to put on the full armor of God. We've got to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand. You know, mm, Paul understood yeah. this, is, this is a life with opposition, all right? And Jesus understood, hey, this is what's happening. So, and then Matthew, and so Luke 11 um, talks about, you know, uh, we, we, we ask for our daily bread because we've got an opposition, we also have yeah. areas where we get into our own flesh or maybe even sin. Um, Paul, and not Paul, the, the, or the writer to the Hebrews, talks about needing to throw off all the things that are holding you back, whether they're sins or just weights, because they are restricting you from moving mm, forward. So there are times when God plans for something, but we've weighted ourselves down with stuff that's stopping us. And we sort of say, oh, well, if God, it, it, it'd be like a, um, a marathon runner saying, if God intended me to run at this speed, I would be. And yet he's wearing, you know, gumboots and, and, and two coats and a, and, and a backpack. And, and it's like, hey, man, if you just stripped off all that, you would actually find yourself running faster. But you say, no, no, I'm gauging how fast I should be running on how fast I am running. And yeah. God's like, no, 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 take all this stuff off and then see. So there's opposition, there's... Um, the flesh, there's things that we just put on ourselves that are, are not necessary. There is sin which undermines. So all these things can work against what we're trying to do. And so we have to ask and we have to seek. And so if we go down in the book, Luke, 
Um, um, he says, you know, right after this talking and gives the Lord's prayer, he gives them some teaching. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. Now, to some of you, that, you know, you've got to imagine that, all right? Jordan. Yeah, no, all right. We're, yeah, we're, 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 we're all, we all didn't want to say it, but, you know, we say, Jay, just we a, all we all I, thought I was, it. I was quite happy to say it. Jordan, imagine if you had a friend. Oh, that'd be nice to, you know. Anyway, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine has stopped here while on a journey and I have nothing to, to set before him. So um, for the context of this, in the Middle East and, you know, the, the, the culture that Jesus was speaking to, a covenant friend that you knew that you were in need would be there for you. It, yeah. There would be no choice. Yeah, it was you, like, would not, you would not turn them away. No, it's like, you know, it's, it, you're, you're my, you're, we're in covenant partnership and friendship. You don't even, you know, you just come, um, you know, I need your lawnmower. Well, you know, here's the keys to the garage. Get petrol, whatever you need. You know, that's what we do. We just, we're in sync together. And this was really based on that one, two, three. One, I ask, two, you give, three, I go away with the good goods, you know. I mean, it's just it's just it's how it worked. One, you know, just it's very natural. Yeah. Um, and we do it all the time. You know, I walk to the light switch, I turn on the switch, the light comes on. It's just what there, there's an expectation. So Jesus has actually set this up with a strong expectation. It's expected. Yeah, it's expected. And then he says, um, then verse seven says, then he will reply from inside, "Do not bother me." And they're like. <laughs> What? Whereas we sort of think, yeah, I can understand that. You know, come to me at midnight. Go, just go down to 7-Eleven, 24 hours a day. You know, you just go and get some bread. Go, tell him to go and stay at a motel. That you know, they'll, you know, they'll have a number you can ring at night to come in. You know, there's lots of options we have for this 24-hour thing, and it doesn't involve waking me and my family up. But in this culture, that was the totally normal, expected way. I don't have bread. You're my brother. You're my friend. We make connection. And so, therefore, I have a need, you, you step mm. in. So this was a what moment for them. Who is this friend? And the funny thing is, in both this example and in the example from Luke 18, the person who is doing the giving does not come out of it very nice. All right? The yeah. Luke 18, it's the unjust judge who doesn't give, he doesn't give justice to a widow until he's forced to. It's like, is that like God? Um, and in this one, it's a friend who says, don't bother me, I'm in bed. <laughs> right, so God, you've, and, and Jesus gave these examples, all right? This is not given, this is not the disciples mm. saying, this is what it feels like. Jesus, I'll give you two parables about prayer. One is, I'm a friend that can't be bothered getting up, even though you're in covenant relationship and you've got a, a real need. Or number two, I'm an unjust judge who won't do the right thing until I'm forced to. <laughs> do you know? It doesn't seem to make sense, but... It's like, it's not the point that God, Jesus wasn't making. He was not saying, um, he was not saying to them, I want to tell you what God is like. Okay. This was not a parable about what God is like. Mm. Okay. Yeah. He was saying, this is a parable, what it's like when you take what is, should be a just and right and normal request, but it doesn't come back as you expect. This is what to do in that situation. 
It's not saying this is what all prayer is like. It's not saying this is what all prayer should be like. It's not saying this is how I want you to view God. He's saying, I want you to learn something about this situation. For instance, in Luke 18, what was the parable for? Okay, um, Stories are given for a particular person in a particular situation dealing with a particular pressure. And so I want mm. you to, to relate to that. The story for them was when you are praying and you feel like giving up, you, you know, you, 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 you do. okay, when you're in that situation, here's a story for you. So it's particular. When you feel like giving up, so when you feel a bit overwhelmed and feeling and, 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 and you've lost heart, you're praying but you've lost heart, what should you do? Go and read the parable of the woman, uh, the widow, who with the unjust judge. Learn from her, and you say, you know what? If a little widow can get it done, if a little what? And how did yeah. she get it done? By just being tenacious mm. and getting in the face. Okay, so it's not a parable about God. It's a parable about me. It's a parable about my attitude. It's like you know what? I'm not going to sit here and say, well. Your will be done, and you know this must be the will of God. Not, not, not going to accept what is like in the natural now. Yeah, we're gonna, not going to accept. Gonna, we're going to press it, in. For there's it. an injustice being done. There's an injustice. Um, Jay, why did you correct that to JSMA? Ah, I'm in international to Australia. I'm just reading comments here. Sorry if that seems like Welcome. what am I talking about? Um, so. Um, and so this is another one, okay? This is not about God. It's not oh, how God's like a friend who's asleep. That's not what it's about. You know, God, God, does, God hates it when you bother him to ask him for something. Back again. So, yeah, so you should just be obnoxious. Prayer is about being obnoxious, and it's going against but God. But here, what I'm, this, this is the point we're making is, remember, we are praying for healing and believing God. But what, also we need to know what to do when it comes back as if the door's shut. Mm. And we think, ah, oh, we're getting resistance. Or we're getting just nothing. Yeah. We're getting nothing from God. Thank you. Now, I don't, have you ever had a situation where you felt like you were getting nothing from God? And now I know we're careful to say, I, I said it feels like. It's not as if God isn't wanting but there are times and situations where it looks like I've hit a wall and I've got to work out what to do. And Jesus is like, oh, I've never experienced that. Jesus is like, oh, all my prayers get answered straight away, so just sort yourself out. No, he said, I'll give you some stories, I'll give you some parables to help you through that particular time. He actually understood that we would face these moments where we had to know what the will of God is in order to persevere and to do what the, 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 um, the widow did which was just push through for justice and get in the face of that situation and believe God. And um, in Luke 11, it says, um, I tell you, even though the man inside will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of the first man's sheer persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. He's, um, the, the word there is importunity. Um, some people think I'm giving a Greek word there. Importunity is actually the English word. It's the best English word that matches the Greek word. It's a perfect, you know, it's a really good, strong match. Trouble is a lot of people don't know what importunity is. You know, it's like, it's like there's a really good English word for that, but it's, the English word is not known. Just don't, just don't ask me what I think it means because I don't know. Okay, so not Josh. Jay, any idea of importunity? 
Yeah, okay. In, in um, importunity, I-M-P-O-R-T-U-N-I-A-T-Y, so that problem solved. Um, but importunity means a shameless asking, an asking without any sense of my own um, appearance. Okay, um, I've I've put mm. aside yeah I've put aside any sense of looking good in this, mm. and I'm just asking. All right, this is I, I've had to strip aside all my personal um, concern for what this looks like, and I'm just asking. Yeah. All right, I've, I've I'm you know you know when you ask and oh I'm, and have you ever prayed for someone and you become um. You're very aware, like God, you need to come through in this. So, because <laughs> this is going to make me look good. Um, you don't say it in those words, but you have you ever prayed for someone? You know, and you're sort of you're concerned with what will happen if this doesn't happen. And normally, if, if I'm praying for an unsaved person or a person who is you know a bit skeptical about the whole thing, and so I say, I'll pray for you, and they're looking at you like, okay, I'm like okay, well, God, you better, you know, because part of me is like. Well, because I want you to look good, God. But there's, you know, this, that there is a little part of me that says, yeah. I like to look good with you. Yeah. <laughs> me, me and you together are getting the job done here. And um, so there's a part where sometimes we are praying and it looks like God's abandoned us and we're just all left high and dry. Mm. These are the times we need to know what healing is in terms of the will of God. Because those times will shape us, and we because who wants to look bad in praying? Who wants to have to press through like the widow and and say oh. it's sometimes easy just to give up, but we need to know that this is not a case of well it can't, it, it mustn't be the will of God, which gives us an out. It says, okay, God yeah, obviously doesn't want right. you healed, so therefore I can just drop the ball, and it's not me. It's obviously you and God can sort through. No, I need to know what the will of God is. So then I need to then have that, um, that persistence that breaks through mm. what the real barrier is. Okay? If the barrier is not the will of God, then we need to press through. And that's really why you need to make the will of God so solid in your understanding that that doesn't become a factor because it will undermine everything else you're doing. Once you've got that as your foundation, you push off that. Then you've got to push through other things. You've got to build your faith. You've got to grow your faith. It's not good enough just having that as the will of God. You've got to grow your faith in the will of God. You've got to become persistent with it. You've got to become consistent with it. You know, a lot of people, um, consistency is causing problems. You know, they're, they're saying one thing today and something different tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Let's look at a scripture in James chapter 1. These all apply to healing as well as to just general areas of prayer. Um, um, if anyone is deficient in wisdom, that's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> deficient in wisdom. Thank you, New England translator. You know, you know, sometimes Bibles put things in words that I would never use. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever say, I am deficient in wisdom, Lord. Um, so if anything is, if anyone really doesn't know what to do, <laughs> he should ask God. Oh, because God gives to all generously and without reprimand, and it will be given to him. Mm. Ah, good. 
it, w- it will be given it, without reprimand. Oh, this is really encouraging. Yeah. Come to God. Come this to good. But, 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 but he must ask in faith without doubting. Uh-oh. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed round by the wind. And then verse 7, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord since he is a double-minded individual, unstable in all his ways. Oh, that got real. It's got, oh, I really like the first verse. Just ask and you'll get yeah, it. Yeah, so it's, it's saying that faith begins where the will of God is known. Yeah, and, and then you've got to stay, then you've got to lock into that Yeah, and you've got to stay consistent with that. Because double-minded individual is unstable in all his ways. Now, the word double-minded there, and let's just take time because it's, it's by Breakthrough Academy. We can actually take time to, to have a look at these things. Um, uh, a double-minded individual, an indecisive man. Let's come down and we'll actually look at the Greek for this. Um, double-minded. It's, okay, that's over here. Um, Put it in English. Die, don't, the PS, it's not dipsuchus, dipsuchus, dipsuchus. No, um, the PS is in psyche, psychology, you know, all those words where we have the silent P. Yeah. Um, so that's where we get it from. And the DI is the die, as in the two, um, you know, um, divided. Uh, die sukos. Um, and it's from two words from dis, that the DI is from dis. Twice, two, divided. Yep. And suki or psyche, um, where we get our word for our, our way of thinking and our soul effectively. It's all about our inward person. Suki. So two-souled, okay? Um, our heart is in one direction and then our heart's in another direction. We, we give our energies and efforts and emotions in one side and then we give it in the other. And God said, so the problem isn't that we don't pray. The problem isn't that we don't put our faith out. The problem is that we have a second way of doing things, which is to be unbelieving, be doubting, be unsure, and be speaking and and acting according to that. Mm. So it's... um, And as as, as long as that part is still going that other way, and it doesn't happen, you go, oh, and it wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's will. Exactly. It, so you, you put down it wasn't God's will when it was inconsistency. It was unstableness brought about by two sold. In other you, words, you've you got a foot in both camps. You've got the foot where you say, yeah. amen, this is, yeah. this is God. I believe right this. Things. But then you go on the other side and you want to talk and, and complain and murmur and, and sort of you know, grumble about yeah. everything you're going through. You, you say the right things. But you're not completely sold out no. for you know for God and for His Word yeah. and for what is His will. <laughs> I I I, I um, share a quick testimony personally about um, this about this being trying wanting to have a foot in both camps. Uh, so when Jay was a bit younger, he played junior football down at Bayswater, and the dads would go out in the ground before the game and have a kick around in the footy too because that's what we like to do. There was one dad; he lived for that moment. He actually. I, he came down to, with his son to the football so he could kick the footy around beforehand. He just loved it. He was just like, he just was really, really nice guy, full of energy. Just, I, I said if he was a dog, he'd be like a red setter. 
just you know, big lopey dog running around. So he'd get in and he, he would be you know, playing footy. So we're just having a kick, but he's, he's, he's right into it. You know, go and run around and hand pass and kick it. And he was like, oh, I love this. Anyway, so one of the dads kicks it to me. I'm just going out for Mark. This is kick to kick. There's only three of us. One dad kicking to me and this other dad, Mr. Excitable. And I'm just going to Mark. He decides I'm going to spoil. You don't spoil when you're having kick to kick with dads. He comes flying over the top and punches the ball as hard as he could. But he's a dad. He's not a footballer. He doesn't have all the skill. And so as I'm going, he doesn't hit the ball. He hits my hand flush and punches my the ball, but through my finger. So right on my index finger, my pointer finger. And I felt a click. And I felt, I felt something go. And I'm like. Ah, that is really... You know when you, you've hurt something and you think... Something's not right here. Yeah. Something's not right. Anyway, eventually it, it turned out some... I think we, I might have even got an X-ray. Um, and and, and it, it cracked the bone at the end. Oh. All right? Not a, so the, 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 the little, that, that little bone was split up the end. Like when, when you say that, just like little shivers go through yeah. the Anyway, so... I'm, but I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm believing. So eventually the pain left, you know, pain. But... One of the things was that um, the ability to bend my finger, so that, that, that was my right hand, which is normal. My left hand was, I don't know whether you can see this from here, um, was like, like that. That was the best I could do. It was you know, about a 90-degree bend at that, at that yeah. bone. And, um, and then, and apparently that's, well, that's just what happens. You lose the mobility in that. And I'm like, well, I don't believe that. I believe, I believe my God is a healing God. I believe my God. Well, what in the world is that? And I turned off. I've said, don't bother me. No one's trying to call. Um, so the um, so I'm believing God. I'm believing for full restoration, full healing, full wholeness. I go back and I'm talking to the same three dads. The one that kicked to me, the one that punched me, we were talking. The dad that kicks to me, they had this conversation. I don't know how it comes up. You know, we're talking about broken fingers and things like that and but I you know I wasn't initiating. I was like, oh, my fingers. Because I, I felt like sort of saying, you know, you, you jerk, you're the one who broke my finger. Because he, he was oblivious. He, I don't think to this day he knew he did it. Mm. He was just, I'm just like, oh, like that. And he just, ah, oh, run after the football. I don't think he even knows to this day that he even hit my hand. All right. So I'm like, I felt like, you know, I wanted to drop all those hints. You know, you know, they're like, you know, I want, I want, you, to, I want you to feel some sorrow and, and really shame for what you've done. But anyway. So I'm talking to this other dad. This other dad says, oh, I broke my finger once. Guess which finger he broke? His index finger. Serious. So how could this, I feel like set up. He says, I broke my finger years ago and look, and he holds it up and he says, this is as far as I can bend it. And he shows me that his finger no longer bends yeah. normal because he's had a break in that, in that same joint. I'm like, who could have, okay. Everything in me wanted to say, you should see my finger, and you're the jerk, the other guy. You're the other. <laughs> you're the one that caused this. I wanted to show him and say, oh, me too, me too, me too. Yeah. too. Other... I, I want to, but that's you, and, and I, I sort of felt God leaning in, leaning on and saying, oh, this would be interesting. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, me too? No, I can't do that. <laughs> I want, I want to get the sympathy. I want to be in the, I want to be in the, my finger doesn't bend properly club too. I want to be a part of this group. I want to have them say, oh, you poor dear, you know. No, they, they, I mean, they wouldn't have said poor dear. You know, ah, you, you know, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, and I, um, 
but I wasn't that that wasn't a choice. Yeah. Now I wish I could have been bolder and stronger, but I know, I know, I know at least I just mm, bit down and didn't say anything. Mm. But that was I sort of felt that was my Daisuke moment. Yeah. Am I? What am I really believing? Where? Because you know what? If I'm because I've been saying things like my finger bends normally, my finger has full mobility. So then, ha, how can I join in the me too that says my yeah. finger doesn't? Because I've been making a confession based on what God that's, has that's said. That's really good. And so uh, this is what I'm saying, but this is also what I'm saying. So you, you you've got to give up like the desire or the right or the want, whatever it might yes. be, to say those things. Yep, I couldn't. Uh, that's you know now. You know, I, I sort of I couldn't be in two camps at the same time. Yeah. So I could. Uh, now some people take this and say, well, they go to the doctors, and the doctor said, you know, um, you know, how are you? Fine, hundred percent. You know, well, you're there for a reason. And uh, <laughs> how's your knee? Fine, it's healed in if, Jesus' if name. The pain is a nine out of ten. Don't you know? You don't have to say two. <laughs> no, you and 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 you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm saying in that moment it was more of a me too. I wanted to be in on it, yeah. and I wanted to I want to be a part. I want to get the sympathy. I wanted to do all that. It doesn't mean that I couldn't tell people. It doesn't mean I couldn't say to Christine, you know, my finger is still here, but because I could say to her, this is what I'm believing for, and, you know, I appreciate you being in agreement with me. But I didn't, you know, but in that, to those dads, it was, I was Daisuke. Mm. It was, I'm just going to get in that. I wanted to be in that camp. I wanted to be able to say, look at my war wound, look at what I've got, yeah. you know, and look at, I, I get that symbol. But you know what? I could have got a moment of sympathy. And maybe with those dads, I wouldn't have even got that. But I could have got that moment. Whereas I was, this is what I was saying. But let not that person, let not that person, um, what's it say? That that person it, um, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Your inconsistency can undermine your ability to receive from God. So I remember biting my tongue, not saying that. But I I can remember week after week when I was in church and I'd be praising the Lord and suddenly I'd just remember and I'd say, Lord, I thank you. I can bend both hands exactly the same. I can bend both hands. And there was just no movement on one side, but I would continue. i just declare it. And then one Sunday I did it, and if you can't see that there, uh, full fist. Um, I, I've got full 100% movement in that finger. Just, I, I, I don't know when it happened, in, you know, but I mm. remember one time going, yeah, oh, that's good. full movement, full movement. You know, not, not <clears throat> make it bend. I've got full and, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's as good as that hand. Yeah. Um, in, fact, it can, in fact, it's a little bit better than my other hand. The one that got hit can actually bend a bit further than my normal hand. So um, but consistency, consistency. So that's another area where if we don't know the will of God, we don't stand, and if we don't stand, we can get become inconsistent. Mm. And that in, we can think it's the will of God for me not be healed. It's not. It's an area of inconsistency. Now, one of the troubles when you, we talk about the, the reasons why prayer isn't being answered is people then they want to point the finger. You know, you're the problem. Mm, you're the problem. Yeah. You're the problem. And I, you know, you've got to you've got to be consistent. You've got to be um, willing at sometimes from importunity, just shamelessly, just getting hold of God. You've got to build your faith. Without faith, without faith, these things we can't lay hold of them. You know, like you, you, you know, you've also look, got to want it. Yeah, yeah. Look at look at it says without, but must you must ask in faith. You know, you, you've got it's got to be an expression of your faith unless you've built your faith up. And so it's, um, you know, I, I remember once a um, an evangelist I'm um, hearing. Um, he was here in Melbourne, and he was a healing evangelist. So he would 
he would go around and um, minister and see lots of signs and wonders and miracles and exciting things like that. And um, yeah, but he was a pastor, so he was, he was also a teacher and a preacher. Mm, yeah. But he, he'd, he'd have that part where they'd do the healings. And um, he came and he said, you know, let's have prayer for people. And people came to get in, you know, came up for healing. And he says, you know, do you believe God can heal you? Uh, or do you believe God will heal you? And they say, well, I hope so. It'll be, you know, good. You know, I'm certainly not against it. So that their faith was just, hey, you're praying, I'm sick. Let's try and put the two together. And he, he was given nothing by that crowd. He was given nothing. Now, you'll notice sometimes that um, when people are in that situation, they pull back and they say, everyone sit down. And they then begin to go to the word of God. Yeah. And then they begin to share um, miracles to build stories of, of healing and what God has done. Because before I'm praying for you, I'm praying for, I'm, I'm stirring your faith. I'm building your faith. Getting them to a a point where they can receive or, yeah. or believe, you know. Yeah, look at um, look mix, at the mix in their own faith. Um, in um, I'm just in Acts chapter fourteen. I think it is. I'll, I'll just find it in my Bible. Um, it was after they'd been in Iconium. Okay, yeah. So Acts fourteen. All right, so Paul, they're ministering through. They're getting good results. They're getting persecution. They come, they have to flee out of one area, and they come to Lystra, and it says, In Lystra sat a man who could not use his feet, lame from birth, who had never walked. I love the way sometimes when they say multiple things, you know, he was could not use his feet, he was lame from birth, He'd never walked. You know, so that's sort of all implied together, isn't it? But you, you get the picture. This guy was in a bad way. Yeah. And, he'd, and it means it's also a supernatural miracle. Sometimes we say it's a miracle of healing, but also there's, I believe there's a miracle of healing and restoration. I've mm. seen that with people. They get healed but yeah. not restored, and the restoration is time. You can push in for restoration as well. Yeah, like with this one, like going along with what you're saying, um, he hadn't walked, so he could get healed. But then his, he's never actually walked, so it wouldn't be strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you'd have, it, all, the, the muscles are all, all atrophied and, and, yeah. and no good. You don't even have the, the sense of balance. You've yeah. never learnt to walk. It's like, you know, suddenly you're up and, you know, children take time to get that balance. Yeah. So it has to be a creative miracle, yeah. not just a healing miracle. Yeah. And so this man was listening to Paul as he was speaking. So Paul was preaching. Now, I'm guessing he was preaching about the gospel and the good news and, and sharing about Jesus. But when Paul stared intently at him, he saw he had faith to be healed. In other words, Paul, like, he could see something had gone off in that guy's yeah. heart. Something That's had good. awakened in him. And he, so Paul said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And the man leaped up and began walking. Was that because um, God suddenly decided, I want to heal that man? It doesn't, that's not the story here. It doesn't say God told Paul, oh, I've just decided to heal the lame man as yeah. a miracle, as a sign and a wonder. Because that's a lot of people, what they'd say, oh, God sort of, well, guess what? I've just been looking through the, my, um, my daily index of what to do. There's a healing. 
Whoa, you know, or raffle. You know, reach in and we have ticket C42 blue. If you've got that ticket, your healing is today. And hey, who is it? Who is it? Oh, the, you know, and the lame man looks down and he's C42 green and he's, miss out of my healing today. And that's like, you know, you just never know where God's going to do. And they even use that scripture, you know, you never know what God's going to do. You just, you never know what God's going to do. Well, well, then, then your faith is never going to be activated. What a way to live. <laughs> yeah. So he, he saw, he saw that this man had faith to be healed. Now, I've heard both ways that Paul must have been preaching about healing in order for this. So, you know, or I think it could just be he was preaching about the gospel and the, the power of the gospel and the power of the gospel is yeah. freedom from sin and freedom from sickness. So he might he didn't have to necessarily, what I'm saying, he didn't have to be preaching a message on healing. He just had to be a message that was faith building, yeah. a message that was faith building for people to lay hold of all the things that God had provided for them in the cross. And that guy, that guy, Paul looking at him and goes, something's awakened in that guy. There's a man who has not walked since birth. His legs would be this like sticks. And Paul sees him. And so Paul, staring intently, shouts, stand upright on your feet. Get up on your feet. Why? He was responding to the faith that he saw in that mm, guy. Yeah. That faith. So, um, so that was the opposite of what I said with that evangelist who came through. The people were not rising up with faith. He was trying to to work with them, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't, I'd like to be healed, you know, you know, like you know, um, you know." And and I, I I get what it's like not to understand how these things work, you know. Um, you know, I prayed. I used to, I'd go down as a young man. I had, had you know I had a skin condition. I'd go down and get prayer. I'd look during the week. Still got the same skin condition. Well, I'd just go down and get prayer the next week. What's wrong with that? You know, yeah. it's better to get prayer every. But it was, it was just like, well, let's see if it works this week. Yeah, <laughs> let's see if it works. I'm not against you coming out for multiple times of prayer because that's the you know importunity. You know, sometimes it's people like I'm too embarrassed to come out for prayer. Mm, you know, I've, I've come good. out for prayer for 15 times. Everybody looks at me now, and everybody says, "Ooh, that's embarrassing." They're coming out for prayer again. Well, you need the prayer of importunity. So I don't care what it looks like. I know what the will of God is. Yeah, All that's right? so good. Now, so I wasn't coming. I wasn't coming out in faith. I was coming out just to see if the pastor could get it done this week. You know, and, I could, and it's, <laughs> it's like you failed last week. Give you another shot. You know, <laughs> at least you give him another chance. Yeah, you know, give. Well, you know, I give you another chance and. And um, <laughs> I remember, anyway, I got stories there. Um, <laughs> the um, so will of God is important. Mm. The will, knowing, knowing, knowing. So you need to be solid. That's why we went to Isaiah fifty-three. That's why we've we, we've seen that it's a covenant thing because we need to understand that we can release our faith. We can be consistent with it. We can be bold with it. Yeah. We, we can be shameless with mm. our asking. Whatever is needed, whatever it takes, we're going to press through because this is our provision. You, you need to be fully in God's camp, not sitting on the fence waiting to jump one side or the other, yeah. depending on what happens. Exactly. You know, we need to be in God's camp. Now, another thing that can confuse people sometimes is you see situations where um, sickness comes as a result of God's intervention. Mm. Now, it's like, oh, God is good. God brings sickness. The devil bring uh, God. Sorry, God brings blessing. 
the devil brings the bad stuff. You know what I mean? And it's and and it, and it sits nicely, but then every now and again something happens, and you read, oh, it's a bit weird, um, and then you just keep reading. But if you're not careful, that it can undermine and make give you an uncertainty yeah. about what to deal with. You don't have these issues when you got the one, two, three. I believe, I pray, I receive. No problems with that. It's when the one, two stops. I believe, I pray, I believe, I pray. <laughs> Shake the thing. I believe, I pray. And then guys like, ah, oh. you're like, you know, you're knocking on the door and he doesn't get up. <laughs> the unjust judge doesn't give me any um, justice. You know, I believe, I pray. That's where you say, okay, now I've got to dig in here and I've got to know what the will of God is. And this is when if I have an uncertainty about the God on the other side of the door, mm. it can undermine my faith. Yeah. Okay, God doesn't want to give it to me. God's actually, no, no, this is to teach you something. Um, I've heard that growing up, and it, I know in some areas that's a strong thing. He's, this sickness is to teach you something. It's to give you an opportunity to show. It's an opportunity for you to show a greater level of commitment to him. Yeah. Anybody, a healthy person can easily serve God. But you, hey, with, with, with this sickness, this, this takes a deeper level of faith to serve God. I don't serve him because I'm healthy. I serve him even though I am sick. Look how much more glory I'm giving to God because I'm doing it through this, this testing time. Mm. So people have all sorts of reasons. They say, God has given me this sickness so that I can sh show the world what it's like just to trust in him that he's with me and that I trust him and I love him even though he's uh, sick. And, you know, I just show, you know, there's all sorts of mind games that go on trying to yeah. explain away and understand because it's when it's one, two, three, we don't have any problems. When it's one, two, that's when we've got to yeah. know, our, you know, our stuff. That's when we've got to be able to say, oh, I can oh, yeah. know what this is. Does God give me something to teach me something? Does God give me to do something? Um, and, and the funny thing is it's a very, um, it can be very inconsistent, all right, these people that say, you know, I don't, I'm not going to God to get my healing because I just, I know that's the will of God. I know that God is, for some reason, God has given this to me to teach me and to, you know, help me. But they'll be the same piece of people that go and get medicine to try and um, get rid of it. Yeah. Or if the, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll try and, they'll, they'll, you know, oh, but if you have these antibiotics, you can get, oh, I have two, I'll, I'll have a double dose of antibiotics, thank you. And it's like, well, hang on a second. If it's God's will, why wouldn't you... Um, why are you working against it in the natural world? And so I, I know that there's, you know, I don't, I don't want to sort of, you know, throw people under the bus and say, you know, it's terrible. But it is inconsistent, mm. you know. And then the problem is some people, when you, you confront them with that, they say, oh, you're right, I shouldn't have the antibiotics. Oh, that's not my intention. So I don't want, I don't want to, you know, I'd rather you have the antibiotics and get healed yeah, than, um, that's right, yeah. than, you know, because I'm all for being healed and whole. Do you know what I mean? And, and um, I love the work that doctors do. I appreciate they're doing it. The, but doctors actually, you can't really heal someone. You can just work with what God has put in the body to facilitate healing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, okay, like um, if, you, if you get a cut, all right, the doctors can't heal that cut, but what they can do is they can stitch it up they can put some anti, um, some antiseptic sort of cream on to stop infection, all those things. But they've got they just put it together and then let the body do its the work. The body does it, yeah. And often what we look doing is we're just trying to help the body do what the body can do. And if the body's been depleted or damaged, we're trying to just give it its best chance. But really, the body does the healing process. 
And um, so doctors are really working with the body as much as possible to give that thing. And, mm. and sometimes, you know, I, they, they try something and 30 years later you find out they don't do that anymore because it was they found that they worked with the body this way, it's better. You know, when my kids, you know, were, were very young, um, the doctors would be forever giving them antibiotics. But as they got older, the doctors like, we realize it's, it's useless. <laughs> we, you know, there's, antibiotics are good, but only in these situations. They were giving us antibiotics for viruses, effectively. And uh, they realized that doesn't help. It just makes the kids sick from the, the antibiotic, you know what I mean? Um, so they were thinking they were trying to help, but they weren't helping and um, things like that. So they're, they're learning and growing. So I'm not against the medical world. This is not God's healing or a doctor. I believe in doctors working and, and working with the healing power of God. But what I'm, I'm saying is that um, we can look to God and trust him and people don't have to make that choice, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it, it's, that's good. It's, um, you've got to know the will of God. And then if it's the will of God, then we've got to know how to press in and lay hold of it. But what do we do when it looks like it's not the will of God? Um, and the question that, that can come up is um, when I talked about, you know, there's something that's underlying it or connected with it. Yeah. Um, for instance, sickness. Can sickness, sorry, can sin be connected with sickness? Well, yes, there's an overlap there, definitely. This, you know, that Jesus died on the cross to deal with our sin, and our sin um, had its, an outflow of sickness. Yeah. You know, it was the, the curse of sin came into the world, and that's why we have sickness. So Jesus actually dealt with the sin, and then because he dealt with the sin, everything else flowed out and, from that. And that, that, that can add another layer to that, where you've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And it's like, is there something that hasn't been dealt with? Do you want me to believe for getting a good doctor or do you want me to believe for a miracle? Like what, what are you yeah. wanting to do through this? That's a, that's, a, that's a really, there's a good point when you're praying with someone. Um, I often say, what are you believing for? Because mm. I want to I encourage and stir and get your faith to a maximum to the point that you can believe. And, it, and, and some people say, I, be, I believe, you know, and that my doctor will be able to, okay, well, I'm going to get in agreement that mm. your doctor will yeah. be able to be, do a great job there. I, I don't have any difficulty. I don't go, oh, you're out of faith. As long as you're believing, as long as you're, you're activating your faith and believing for God to work and heal. Um, if you're taking medication, you, sh you should be saying, Lord, this medication is super effective in my body. I believe your blessing on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, 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 if, if, you know, if you're on medication, you, you're saying this, this medication is super effective. It's blessed because I'm blessing and I'm having it. And you might want to be saying, oh, and I, there's... You know, my body's been restored. I'm being renewed. My youth being renewed like an eagle's. There's coming a day when I won't, I won't need this medication. Yeah. So you can be saying to that medication, I don't need you. I don't need you. And you're taking the tablets. You can say, I while don't need you. While it's working, and while it's helping you. You say, I don't need you. I don't need you. And, and what you're doing is you're t training your body to say, oh, we, we, we're, we're going to move beyond this. And I'm believing for that. And there'll be one day. And we had a testimony someone was sharing with me um, um, at the, just a couple of months ago. We had um, Bill Horn came um, at the start yeah. of the year. He was here in February. Um, his Chariots of Light um, international uh, leader, great guy, Bill and Ginger, his wife, and they came here and they ministered. He's just a lovely guy, just, a, just, just loves people. Yeah. loves. Them. And he was sharing, and there was, I found out this. There was someone who was visiting us that day that doesn't normally come to the service, found out that they'd been on medication for like two to three years for um, some issues they had, and 
person came and said, you know what? From that day, they haven't needed medication. That's really cool. And they, they said that they, um, something broke in that meeting and no longer needed the medication. Say, glory to God. Isn't that, that, you know, so I believe for that sort of thing. I believe that, you know, and you can be, but you need to be taking it in faith. You need to be activating your faith with that and yeah. believing. And you're saying, and I believe my body's being restored. You know, I don't need, I don't, I'm, there's going to come a time I don't need these tablets. And you can get that confirmed by the doctor. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to say, oh, I'm not sure. You just, you know, the Holy Spirit lead and then you can go to the doctor. I, I, we've told people, you know, stay on the medication until, and then the doctor says, well, you don't need it anymore. And, this was, and they, they went back, they went to the doctor and the doctor said, stop giving this medication. Yeah. Stop giving this medication. You know, the doctor was one who said, no more medication because it's unnecessary now. Your, your, your levels have all returned, don't need that. So praise God for that. Doctors can confirm that and work with it and have no difficulty with it. Um, but, we've, we've, but sin can, um, can have play a part. Mm, yeah. and, so, and, and let's go back to Deuteronomy 28. The Great Blessing Chapter, Deuteronomy 28. There used to be a song. Do you remember Josh? I don't know whether you might have been a child. There used to be a song they sang at the Kenneth Copeland meetings, Deuteronomy 28. It was like a Calypso song about Deuteronomy 28. I would try and sing it, but I think I would butcher it. Yeah, we might have I'd really have to hear you Deuteronomy. Just give it a crack. No, I don't think I can. But it was, you know, it'd get into it. Len Mink used to sing it in Deuteronomy. And it was 28. You know, it was Calypso and it was great. And it was just all about the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. So blessing. It's a great chapter, 28. And it's just the blessings of the Lord from verse 1. Now, this is obviously talking about the Old Covenant. This is the blessing. Now, the path for the old covenant was you connect in through your obedience to the law. So it says, if you obey the law, follow half the law, these are the things that you'll mm, be blessed with. Yeah. Now, our blessing doesn't actually come in through Deuteronomy 28. My blessing starts with Abraham when the blessings of Abraham that have been brought to me, and this Galatians 2 talks about this through Jesus, mm. who became the, you know, was the seed of Abraham, yeah. became a curse for me and gave me the blessing. So good. Um, Deuteronomy 28, if people are like, what are you talking about? Just, um, just so that we can see it with our eyes. Um, Galatians 2. Um, that's not. Galatians 3. I'm glad I was pointing. People will be reading chapter 2 trying to find it. It's in Galatians 3. Um, so, you know, there's the curse and everything that we've done the. Um, Verse 14, in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles so that we could receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. The blessings of Abraham, the, the, that, mm, that blessing that was given good. Abraham has come to us, yeah. not through the law, but through Jesus who became the perfect sacrifice and that in him now I've got that blessing. My curse has been put on him and now I take the blessing and his righteousness. So the... Um, Let's go back to Deuteronomy 28. Um, so, the, but the blessed, but this, the benefit of reading this is it talks about, look, this is what the blessed life looks like. Yeah. This tells me what it looks like to be blessed. And I'm saying, well, this is, this is my, this is the, these are my blessings in Abraham that are in Jesus. This is the blessing. This looked like the law was there to hold them in place so they could walk in the blessing that was intended so they could be a blessing 
And so it's a great description. All these blessings will come upon you in abundance if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Your children will be blessed. Bless, bless your basketball. You'll be blessed when you go out. There's a lot of blessing here. And um, the Lord's going to open his good treasure house, the heavens. It's going to get rain. You're going to be top, head, not the tail. Uh, but you've got to remember to stay within the, ble- the provision, the promises mm. of the law. Now, verse 15. Now, that's verse 14, all right? So if you want to be accurate, verse 1 is sort of like, you know, here's what will happen if you obey the Lord, um, all these blessings. So from verse 2 through to verse 14 are the blessings. Mm. But, but if you ignore the Lord your God and not careful to keep all his commandments and statutes I'm giving you today, then all these curses will come upon you in full force. Wow, that sounds a bit harsh. You'll be cursed in the city and cursed in the field. Your basket, oh, your children will be cursed as the product. Oh, you'll be cursed when you come out. All the same curses. Um, verse 28, the Lord will plague you with deadly diseases until he's completely removed you from the land you're about to possess. Verse 22, he will afflict you with weakness, fever, inflammation, infection, sword, blight, and mildew. These will attack you until you perish. Whoa, this is a bit harsh. It's pretty heavy. Well, you know, at least, at least there's got the, four, what do we have, 14 verses of blessings? You know, 14. Well, the trouble is it just keeps going and going and going. You'll be plant vineyard. They'll be not, you'll have, you'll, um, whirring locusts will take out of, over every tree. Um, all these curses will fall upon you. Oh, um, Um, you, you have hunger, thirst, nakedness, and poverty. It's not. It's not leaving anything out. No. It's put. Put it all. And you know, um, Wow. And it even gets to the point where you're going to be in such difficulty. You're going to eat your children. Whoa! Because you're under siege. At least we've. Um, we'd be right. So, I reckon. I reckon if we had a siege, I reckon we, with Jay would. You know, be, we, that's why we're growing big and strong. You know. <laughs> I think I think some people are finding out this out for the first time. They're like, "What? It says what?" The Lord will increase your punishments. He will infect you with all the diseases of Egypt that you dread, and they will persistently inflict you. Moreover, the Lord will bring upon you every kind of sickness and plague, not mentioned in this scroll. In other words, if we've forgotten one, He'll bring them on you too. If we haven't listed it, it's you'll get that. Um, it's like, this just goes on and on and on and on and on. 68, verse 68. That's Hang on a second. 14 verses, we get the blessings. That's a few more. I got up to verse 15 to 68 is the um, all the stuff that's going to be cursed. Um, and it's like the Lord's going to do this and the Lord's going to do that. And so this can, can cause a bit of confusion in terms of, you know, oh, you know, um, you know, let me give you an example of, you know, when this, um, 1 Chronicles 2, verse 3. Um, the sons of Judah were Or, Onan, and Shelah. These three were born to him by Bathsheba, a Canaanite woman. Um, Ur, Judah's firstborn, displeased the Lord, so the Lord killed him. <laughs> <laughs> What? 
<laughs> does, it, does it say what he did? <laughs> he just displeased him. Help, help us to understand. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> you displeased me. Oh, this sounds really... Um... Now, okay, well, that, that's Old Testament. Obviously, with Jesus' brand New Testament, we don't get anything like that. Um, let's just look at Acts 12, 23. Can you tell me whether Acts is in the New Testament or the Old Testament, Josh? Yeah, Jordan has helped you away. Josh yes, is like, he yes. wasn't sure. But Acts is in the New Testament. I, I was going like, you got the, um, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And that's yeah, before that's he's all. done it. Then but he's Acts, died. Yeah, this is Acts. In the is New de- Testament, I've Acts, worked it out, people. Yeah, Acts is actually definitely in the New Testament. This is after the death and resurrection of Jesus. They're all going around preaching and they're healing and all. And so on a, on a day determined in advance, Herod put on his royal robe, sat down in the judgment seat, made a speech to them, but the crowd began to shout, the voice of a God and not of a man. Wow. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck Herod down because he did not give the glory to God. He was eaten by worms and died. <laughs> wow. 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 Of verse 24. But the word of God kept increasing and multiplying. <laughs> Good things are still happening. <laughs> Way with words. Way with, yeah, have Ananias and Sapphira. We won't read that one. Ananias and Sapphira struck down for lying to the Holy Spirit. Um, let's, let's look at um, Revelation uh, chapter 2. And, and, and don't worry, we, we will, we're, we're going to fix this. You know, you don't have to go away and say, well, you've undermined all my faith, you know. Um, I just want to. I want to be. I want us to see this because we need to not be able to. You need to know what to do with this. Otherwise, you sort of like you don't want to be. You want to be the word of God, people, not favorite word people. Yeah, or specific word. <laughs> or specific. I just want the words that work. You know, that that tell me I'm wonderful and a good. Oh, no, I I used to think that prosperity was people wanted prosperity, so they would find they found scriptures to back it up. Okay, that was, my, that was my impression. People thought prosperity was good, so they would find scriptures to back it up. And, and so to me, it was very selective. And, um, and you know, this is talking about prosperity, not healing, but it's the same principle. Um, and I, I can still remember getting a book by Gloria Copeland many, many years ago. And it was like, oh, okay, I'll read this, you know. And I discovered something. There's a lot more word behind what they said than I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, it, it's actually the opposite. They didn't believe in prosperity and then find it in the scriptures. They found the scriptures and that made them have to believe in prosperity. Mm. All right. In fact, it, it caused them problems initially because they were so heavily in debt. It says, you can't live this way because you're blessed. They say, well, we, we, we don't know any other way to live. Yeah. And it's like, oh, our life. They, they, they thought when they saw the scriptures about not borrowing, but, you know, not, not you know, you know, owe no man anything except love. They said, okay, God wants to prosper us and provide for us. They, if we can't borrow, they, they thought it meant we'll never have a car and we'll never have a house because that's the only way they knew to get those things. Yeah. So it was not they were thinking, oh, you know, this cherry pick things. It was this, the word of God. And that was what my experience when I, when I looked Deuteronomy and it talked about... Um, um, to me, one of the, the key scriptures was when um, Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, and he, that, that he may confirm his covenant. In other words, mm, the wealth that he's good. given you, 
is not just he's giving to, he's giving you an empowerment, something in you that causes you to be prosperous. Yeah. And, and it says That's that, good. that is an establishment of the covenant. It, it's so the covenant, that the picture there is like putting a pole into a, into a ground. Like you've got a, a signpost, a signpost, and you've dug a hole and you drop it into the hole. So it's a, that's that's that phrase there confirmed to me. It's like, plonk, yep. is showing here's a blessed person who's in the covenant. And how do you know? I've given him power to be wealthy. I've given him power to prosper. That's a sign. And so it's like, oh, this isn't this isn't because I want to. This is a sign. And yeah, if I say, excuse me, God, I think it's a little bit. I don't need prosperity. It's like I'm putting that sign down. <laughs> I'm putting no. I thank you, but I'll I'll leave that laying down because I wouldn't want to be so full of myself that I'd want. It. I suddenly realized, no, this is a covenant issue. Yeah, and I I really don't want to pick and choose covenant issues. I want to walk in the fullness of it because he that's paid good. for it and he expects us to live in it. Yeah. And he wants us. That's his whole desire. That's how he said, teach us to pray. Pray, my will be done here on earth, just like it is in heaven. This is the whole purpose. This is the blessing. I I died to take the curse off you so I could put the blessing on you. Yeah. And um, so I don't want to be a favorite word person. Yeah. And um, and that's what I thought, you know, this was. Um, no, this this stands scrutiny, but if sometimes if we don't understand the, the subtleness of it, we can be undermined or we can sort of not be aware. What do I do with these scriptures? Well, I just read over them or I don't know what to do. And therefore, we're not getting the whole counsel of what God's trying to say. So Revelation chapter 2, verse 20, I'm just doing this because... We look in the face of these things and we don't sort of say, oh, I don't know what God was thinking when he wrote this, you know, but I know better. That's a crazy response. But I have this against you. He says, you tolerate, this is to a church, I think it's Thyatira. Yeah, Thyatira. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, calls herself a prophetess, and by her teaching she deceives my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols. She's a bad woman. And it says, I have given her time to repent, but she's not willing to repent of her sexual immorality. Look, I'm throwing her onto a bed of violent illness and those who commit adultery with her into terrible suffering unless they repent of her deeds. Uh, New Testament, Old Testament, Josh. New. <laughs> yeah, this is New Testament. This is deep into the New. And who's speaking? Jesus. It's Jesus giving a message to the angel. To it's Jesus. To, you know, Jesus. You know, look. Yeah. Look. He says, um, "Who's speaking?" It says, um, "This is the solemn pronouncement of the Son of God, the one who has eyes like a fiery flame and whose feet are like polished bronze." This is Jesus speaking, and it's like, whoa, whoa. And so I'm looking at Deuteronomy 28, and I'm like, God, how does this work? Um, how do how do I how do I match this with the God I know and and all the rest? Yeah. And um, the first thing you want to recognize is that um, sickness and sin do have an overlap. All right. Now I am not saying that everyone who is sick has a secret sin. You know that's the that's the Job mistake. You know they're like Job, what have you done? <laughs> Surely done something. You've, yeah, we we can tell you've done something because of what's happened to you. Mm. And he was like, "I haven't done anything." Okay, wink, wink, nod, nod. Job, what have you really done? Okay, we come on, tell us. You can tell us just between us. What have you really done? And that 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 type of mentality did not work well. Um, you don't want to have. You don't want to walk around every time you see someone in poverty or sickness to think. That's their fault. Yeah. That's you know, they're, they're, or you know um, I'm trying to, I I don't know where this scripture is. Maybe Jordan, you can help look for it. Um, there was a a man. I think he was blind, and they said, "What sin has he done?" Or his parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jesus, you know that the, the disciples like, 
who's at fault here? Was it yeah. him or was it his parents? Yeah, you because know, this must be a sin. Mm. This must be this must be connected with some sort of sin. And um, and Jesus is like, no, no, no. This is this. So, you know, God's going to get glory here. John nine. Let's have a quick look at there. What verse, Jordan? Okay. I tell you this on true. Oh, I'm in chapter ten. That won't help. Um, now, as Jesus was passing by, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who committed the sin that caused him to be born blind? This man or his parents? Uh, can I just 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 think about that for a moment? He was born blind. Was it his? Yeah. yeah. Was it his own sin? <laughs> That's in the womb. He's sinning. If this is, you know. Yeah. But is it his sin or is his parents' sin? Um, Jesus, neither. Neither. Um, he was born blind so that the acts of God may be revealed through what happens to him. Now, people say, oh, so God put the sickness on him so that God could get glorified. No, I don't think that's what God's talking about. He's talking about the fact that sickness is in the world through sin. And God wants to, to break that. You know, the whole thing yeah, is he wants to deliver us good. and free us from that. He wants to show his glory by working against that. So what do I do with these, these scriptures like in Deuteronomy 28 and, and you know, Acts and, and um, Revelation? When I say God is actually doing this stuff, um, is that what God's really like? Is that what God um, wants? Um, let's go to a scripture in Lamentations. We probably haven't read many scriptures in Lamentations. going to... Um... I've got my phone here, but some some people might be Strike. blowing a layer of dust off, maybe. Yeah, if I, I, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. It, it's after it's it's Lamentations sits between Jeremiah and Ezekiel because Lamentations is actually a, mm. um, oh, you know, a song of lament. Yeah. Hence its name, Lamentations. I'm lamenting. I'm really sad. He's really sad about what's happened to to um Jerusalem and you know the the people, um. And so it's a poem. It's a poem of lament. Um, you, chapter 1 has 22 verses. Chapter 2 has 22 verses. Gosh, you might be saying, why in the world are you telling me this? Why Chap is this so? Chapter 4 has. Chapter 5 has. Chapter 3 has. No. Chapter you, 3 has. You are wrong. 66. Uh, all the maths people are doing the sums here. How many letters in the Hebrew alphabet? 22. Okay, these are, these are poems where each, each part is using a different letter. The, the same as Psalm 119, you know, they uses eight verses for each. So um, there's 176 verses in Psalm 119, if you want to look up, because 22 letters by eight. I uh, just found out I'm not a math person, because you said that, I'm like, no, I, I, I did nothing to do with maths. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not a maths person. Anyway, so it's a poem and it's written in that Hebrew form. So um, I don't know whether it's a repeat three lots of 22 or there's three verses in each letter. Um, I'm not able to do that. Anyway, that has got really nothing to do with this. But it's a, it's a poem. It's a lament. He's like pouring his heart out. He's very sad. Um, um, Verse 32. Let's go to Lamentations 3.22. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 32. Not 22, 32. Oh, hey, look in, look in um, the New English translation there. It's got the letters. Uh, and that answers my question. Three verses each. <laughs> there you go. You can see the, um, can you see the Hebrew letters? Mm. They each get one, three verses. Oh, one, yeah. two, three. 
you know, Lamed, yeah, Mem, yeah, and none. Nothing to see here. None. <laughs> anyway, dad joke. Um, so, um, verse 32. Though he causes us grief, he then has compassion on us according to his abundant loving kindness. And look at this, verse 33. For he is not predisposed to afflict or to grieve people. It's a very interesting phrase here, right in the middle of his grief and everything. Yeah. He says, go back, verse 22, 32. He causes us grief. He then has compassion on us according to the abundance of his loving, loving kindness. Guess what loving kindness is, Joss? Chesed. Chesed. That will be, oh, we, we can confirm it. Um, I can't. Let's have a look, quick look. If you don't know what chesed is, you just go back to one of our teachings in Covenant. Um, King James, oh, it's hard to read, isn't it? Chesed, there it is. Chesed, um, loving kindness, mercy, goodness. All right, all, all that. All that, all that. It's built in there. Okay, though he causes us grief, he then has compassion on us according to, not just according to his chesed, but the abundance of his chesed. All right? He is not predisposed to afflict or to grieve people. Um, he does not willingly afflict willingly. Um, Holman Bible. He does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. He, do, um, he does not arbitrarily torment or punish human beings. Um, he does not afflict willingly nor grieve the children of men. Um, New living. He does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. He takes no pleasure in making life hard and throwing roadblocks in the way. He takes no pleasure in causing us grief or pain. Um, what's that saying? It's us saying, oh. So th this, is how, this is how I'm working it, all right? There's a, and there's a lot more we can unpack in terms of how we know God is a good God. You know, the, his name, his character. Um, let, let's just take one scripture straight away from John 10.10. 10. Um, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come so they may have life and may have it abundantly. Mm, that's that's, he said, that's what I came for. I am a life-giving God. So you say, how can I marry up this life-giving God with the God who's in Deuteronomy 28 says, I'm going to give you this sickness and I'm going to give you this sickness, or in First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, where it says, I'm going to kill this child or I'm going to do this. In the book of Acts, where it says, it says the angel of the Lord, but obviously... Under God's instruction, the angel Lord struck Herod with worms and he died. Um, he or Jezebel put her on a sickness, a bed, implying you know um, sickness and, and suffering. How can we match that up? Or um, this is how I look at it. All right, it's it, it, it's a bit mm. big picture-ish, trying to to make sense of it. Yep. It's it's where I've come to. All right, is the fact that. Um, God sets up the system. He has to set up the system. It's his system, but we have broken it through our, our sin. Yeah. We have embraced that, which has sucked the curse onto us. Now, has God brought the curse onto us or did we bring the curse to ourselves? Mm. There's a sense in the Hebrew mindset, this is my understanding, I'm not an expert in this area, but my understanding is there's not that 
the Westerners, we, we, we um, put things into categories a lot more. We, you know, we, everything's in its own compartment. Compartment, yeah. Whereas the Hebrew and the, and the, the mindset that the scriptures, the Old Testament and the, you know, the scriptures were written out of, it wasn't so much a case of one compartment, another. And I sort of take it this way. God set up the world so he, understand, he takes responsibility for the, the punishment part. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't yeah. sort of say, well, nothing to do with me. Yeah. It's his world. It's his system, right? And um, so there's a part where it has, to be, it has to be enforced, all right? Yeah. But he does that all with a couple things. First of all, he says, I am going to fix this that has been broken. So even though we're having to, in, th th this system is in place, I am coming to undo that through yeah, the work of the cross so I can good. break it. So I can restore things and there's coming a time of restoration and full restoration where there will no, none of these things will be, have, have any effect. But you have to hear his heart through the whole thing is every time there is some form of punishment or some form of sickness that comes as part of the curse, it's, it, it does say that God's happy for it. Like, um, I don't want to try and um, undermine this. Um, Deuteronomy 28. Um, okay. Um, Deuteronomy 28, verse 63. This is one of the most confronting scriptures for me. All right? I, you know, it's like I, sometimes I wish it was easier to explain because these scriptures weren't here. But I don't want to just be a favorite verse person. I want to. I want to look. I want to dig as. I want to mm. cut as deep as possible, yeah. and then let God work from that. That's all right. Good. So, it says here, um, this is what will happen. Just as the Lord delighted to do good for you and make you numerous, He will take delight in destroying and decimating you. <laughs> you enjoy it, God. <laughs> that sounds awful. All right, but then you've got to put that in the context, okay, of um, what God's saying is you're not going to be protected from your own sin and thinking, oh, God will, God will just look the other way because we're his. God said, oh, I'll be happy. I'll be, I'll be very happy for this system to take place because in reality there is no way that God can turn the other way because his whole method of dealing with our sickness and our sin is staring it down and confronting it at its very yeah. core and dealing with it. That's there is no, we are not, um, we're not going to heaven because God just couldn't bear the thought of us going to hell. He dealt with our sin. He took it on himself. He paid for it. It's fully, fully dealt with. Um, and so, and in order to do that, he had to sort of say, well, I'm happy with the system, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's sort of saying I'm happy with the system, but I'm not happy with what my people are putting themselves through or in experiencing because of the system. And I will do everything I can to get you out of that curse. Now, he does big picture, but also whatever I can do to get you out of sickness and out of your, your, your mm. struggles. Um and so that, let's go back to Lamentations 3 and just look at that. Um, he is not predisposed to afflict or grieve people. Um, uh, 
let's let's look at Isaiah. Um, um, Fifty-four. Isaiah. <laughs> I'm, that's right. I'm looking here, but I'm thinking two scriptures down. <laughs> I'm thinking about the next scripture past this. I'm like, slow down. Just do the scripture that we're here now. <laughs> and I'm already thinking what where the two scriptures are. We'll go from here. So I'm just whoa, just. Do, 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 do. We got um, time. Um, verse seven. Okay, so he's talking about Israel as a people, talking them as a female. I rejected you, but now I'm coming back to you. You're going to be flourishing. And look, look, verse seven. This is now this is actually a, a um, not just a verse. It's actually a pivotal verse to understanding God. It's actually really, really. So, pay attention to this one. For a short time, for a short, short time, I abandon you, but with great compassion, I will gather you. In a burst of anger, I rejected you momentarily, but with a lasting devotion, I will have compassion on you. Says your protector, the Lord. Let's actually look at Exodus um, 34.6. I trust this is the right scripture. Remember when um, Moses says, I want to see you, God? And so he said, all right, I'll walk before you, I'll cover you. So he's revealing the glory of God to him. He's showing the greatness and the goodness of God and demonstrating his glory. Verse 6, the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate, gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in loving, in, in chesed and faithfulness. Mm. All right? Keeping loyal love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but he by no means leaves the guilty unpunished, responding to the transgression of fathers by doing with it the children and children's children to the third and fourth generation. All right, it deals with sin. Compare, and God is intending us to do this. He says they are not equally balanced. All right? Mm. Remember in Isaiah, he said, uh, for a brief moment, I forsook you, yeah. but with a great compassion, I gather you. Um, in an outburst, um, the, 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 um, the diction... Bible Dictionary Zodiacus says um, it's a surge, a burst of angry emotion, a, a burst of anger, but with everlasting chesed, I have compassion. When he compares his anger, his anger is short, sharp, yeah. compared with long-term yeah, lust. Okay, Isaiah, uh, sorry, Ezekiel, um, I'm slow to anger. It's hard to get me angry, but I'm, I love chesed. I'm quick to chesed, yeah. slow to get angry. I, um, oh, I keep loyal love for thousands, 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 thousands of generations. But 
Ah, sin. Two, three, four generations. He's trying to say, yeah, I've got to deal with sin. And I will deal with sin. And I'm, I, it is, I, I do it. But it's not an equal mm. desire. Yeah, that's good. It's not, I've, I'm an angry and I'm a loving God. No, I am a loving God and I am forced when you push me to the very edge mm. to make me have to let yeah. this happen. Yeah. That's... All right. And when I was, and, and it's, this is the heart of God. He says, I don't want this. Yeah. You push me into it. You push me in through your, your, your wickedness and your rebellion and your, you just want to I give you everything you need. I equip you. Test the system. Yeah. The system will deal with it. Yes. And if you just persist in it, it will come down on you. Remember, um, let's just go back to that scripture in Revelation when it talks about that Jezebel. Remember, listen to the language that he's using. Um, you tolerate the woman Jezebel, cause herself prophetess, da, 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 verse 21. I have given her time to repent. <laughs> I've given her time. I've given her. Ah. Now she's doing terrible things. He's like, if she'd only repent, but she is so, she just will not stop. Yeah. It's like, it's like he's on the edge of the seat. Like, repent, please. Repent. Repent. So you go back to Lamentation. So that's where we, we, we just, it's good that we did all these scriptures and then we can just. Yeah. No, it's it. really like built the picture up. It's really good. He is not predisposed to afflict or to grieve people. That is not what he wants. That's not what he desires. So I'm thinking and meditating about this this week. You know, you know this is God's. Um, and do not confuse this. This is it's interesting. The fact that you open it to yourself and the fact that God says, well, you know, effectively it says, I, I put it on you. But really it's not what he wants. It's not his desire. Yeah. And often when you look underneath and you dig in, it's, it's I've set the system up, but it's the devil that's exploiting it and using it. He's using your um, failure to get in and cause problems. That's why sin and sickness sometimes are connected because yeah. the devil will use that as a leverage to get in. Um, do not confuse that with that's what God wants. Because this, this is what I couldn't understand. If that's what God wants, it made absolutely no sense when you see Jesus comes to the earth and everybody, I mean everybody that comes to him with faith, anytime there is any a, a snippet of faith, he heals them. Every And at and times that was like multitudes. It says, and they all came and the whole city and they, came, and they all healed. I, there was never a case where Jesus like, oh, God wants you to be sick. God wants you. They, you see what I mean? There must be some of those must have been in the Deuteronomy twenty eight yeah. curse. In fact, how many of them were under that Deuteronomy twenty eight curse? They were, and he's like, oh, I am trying to get them into the blessing now. So when it says God put it on them, it's not like he put it on and he wants it on. It's more a case of I must have this system in place because it is the, the reality of sin yeah. and it's the reality of, of rebellion and I've got to deal with that. And, in fact, I am going to deal with it the most sincere way and become that sin. Um, I, I think I heard Chris Vallotton say, if we minimize sin, we minimize the work on the cross. 
Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. For every, every time we make sin little and not really important, if sin just becomes my idiosyncrasies and my quirkiness, if my sin becomes my, you know, my little, you know, you know impish behavior, if my sin is just what, what I am, it's who I am, it's what I'm like, you know, we're all human. If sin becomes we're all human, then Jesus' death on the cross becomes minimal. What's he dying for? We're all human. It's, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, sin is not, if sin is not awful, if sin is not terrible, if, the worst sin is the higher the work of Jesus on the cross. Okay? If God minimizes our rebellion, if God minimizes the work that brings the curse, he minimizes his ability to deal with it. Because when he goes to the cross, he's taking it all. Yeah. That's good. He is absorbing like it all. And not just the root. Okay. Um, I don't know what time it is. I'm just enjoying myself. Let's just go to, let, let's, I'll share a scripture with you that um, Romans. Okay. Romans chapter 5, verse 15. I want, you've got to see how big God's. God's got to let sin have its full work because he's got to let it affect humanity. Yeah. Because in Romans 5, verse 15, um, that's verse 14, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who did not sin in the same way, that Adam, who is a type of the one coming, transgressed. So Adam, Adam started it all, all right? Um, well, let's read verse 12. Just as sin entered the world through one man, death through sin. So death spread to all people because all sinned. Okay, so um, I haven't done any drawing in a couple of days. Let's do, let's do a drawing. Okay, so here's Adam. Oh. Let's just bring my pen back to a more normal size. Okay, so here's Adam. So Adam sins. Is Jesus. Jesus has got to do the right thing and deal with that sin. Mm, but what yep. God says is, I'm going to, so you've got two men, Adam, Jesus. Ta-da! Now, between that, there's no other men that have been born without sin. Jesus is the second man, final Adam, going to deal with it. But you know what God's got to do? Adam started this thing. Through one man and death through sin. So death spread to all people because all sinned. Every person that came along added to this. Yeah. And added to this. Um, there was a plant that they, I don't think it was natural to Australia, I think they brought in, and, they, and it was named Patterson's Curse. It's like, I think it was a purpley plant. If Richard was watching, he would be able to give me the background. Uh, they got different names for it. Anyway, it was a plant, and it, and it was spread. And, you know, like, it's like, then it's a problem. You know, then it's, they can't. So somewhere, at some point, someone dropped a seed into Australian soil and this plant says, oh, this is pretty good. I think I'll take off here. 
if a hundred years later, and this nation's been covered with Patterson's curse, you walk to that very first plant at that very first and rip it up by its roots. You cannot say I have mm. defeated Patterson's curse. Yeah. Because <laughs> it started there, but it's not been contained to there. Yeah. It's gone everywhere. Yeah. All right. So verse 15. The gracious gift is not like the transgression. In other words, the transgression was putting in one plant. The gracious gift is not taking out one plant. For if the many died through the transgression of the one man, how much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus, multiply to the many? Wow. So Jesus was not just dealing with that. You know, so it's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy that. He had to take all the sin and all the death that had resulted from it. He did not absorb Adam's sin. He had to absorb all of it. All right? Mm. Now, God, did God want the sin to multiply? Did God want death to multiply? Wouldn't death talk, you know, sickness is bound in with death. Did God want it to multiply? Of course he didn't. But you know what he did? He made the rules so that if sin was here, it it did multiply out because he had to get it all yeah. when Jesus came. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He took it all. If he said, oh, let's pretend that this doesn't really happen. Let's pretend this doesn't really happen. Let's pretend this doesn't really happen because I don't, can't stand what sickness, you know, sin has done. Well, I, th I, I just have this feeling that it would impact on Jesus' ability to have yeah. Dealt with it all. Yeah, it had it had to have its free reign. But just because God was so God, what I'm saying is God is happy for this system mm. because He knows this is how it's going to be defeated. Yeah, and it's got to be defeated. But He says, "Am I? Does this tell me? Does this tell you what I'm like and what I want? No, you can't look at this side and see what I want." You've got to look at this side and see what I want. And he says, I am as slow as possible for this to happen and as quick as possible for grace and forgiveness to get in. I, I am looking. Yeah, it's a short burst of anger, but it's a slow and long move of chesed. Yeah, Everything I can do. And so when people came to Jesus who were sick, Never once, he said, that's what God wants you to be in. All the want to is, I know the system. Mm. God's got to, got, we've got to have this system. Yeah. But I'll tell you what God will do. He'll give you a taste of this now. And if you will repent, Jezebel, if you will repent, we can deal with this. If you will repent, we can deal with it. I will do um, do people need to repent? Well, sometimes it's interwoven. Let's look at um, a scripture. Uh, okay, let me just stop here. I really felt um, to say something. When I was reading up in you know, Deuteronomy 28, looking at these scriptures and that, I really felt the Lord say, 
I really would prefer people to be reading Deuteronomy verses 1 to 14. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? God says, I know it's all there, but it's not where my interest is. It's not where I want people to be. It's, not, it's, uh, it's there. But if you want to dive deep, he said, I'd love you to dive into the first verse because that's, that's what I want. So good. I know, I know it says I'm, you know, I know I'm just as willing, but it's like, but it's, it's I'm, 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 I've got to have both systems in place, but what I really want, I want people into, and I'll do everything I can, and I did everything I can to get people into the first part. Mm. This is not, um, um, okay, well, let's just look at a couple of scriptures so you don't get my thinking too much. Um, James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Verse 15. Um, oh, okay, let's start with verse 14. Is anyone among you ill? Well, he should try and work out whether God wants him to be sick or not, shouldn't he? Doesn't say that. Is anyone... Is anyone among you sick? Well, you should just summon the elders of the church and they should pray for you. Doesn't say they should work out whether you deserve prayer, should get prayer. This is for the glory of God. God's trying to teach you something. There is no thought of that. This is not when God says he brought sickness, he does not want you to stay in sickness. Mm. Everything you can do to get out, he has made a path for that. Yeah. All right, and it's That's not, good. and it's the, and you'll find that it's actually, it's the doorway that God has made the system, but it's the devil that is exploiting it, and it's the devil that's bringing it because mm. he's exploiting that which has been yeah. established for him. That's why it says Acts ten thirty eight, Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil. He was breaking the devil's power when he was praying for people. All right, and um, so. Summon the elders of the church and they should pray for him and anoint him with olive oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer, not the prayer that is um, for the people that God says they're, they, they, they're allowed to get out of sickness. It says the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up, will raise him up. And if, if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. If this is connected in some way with some sickness, some sin or some curse, and if it's your curse or even a, a, a curse of your parents or a curse of your curse of your community, do you know what I mean? The curse of where we are. He says, it if you, if we deal with that, he will be forgiven. So confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. Because the prayer of a righteous person has great effectiveness. Um that's what God wants. That's his plan. If sin is in any way involved, well, just deal with it. Do you know what I mean? There is no sense of, oh, sin's involved. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ease up on our prayer, buddy, mm. because God is obviously in, God wants to hurt this person. God doesn't want anybody's sickness. Yeah. He doesn't want anyone sick. He said, well, you made this person. <laughs> That's not what I want. That's not who I am. That's not reflective of me. That's a reflection only of the rebellion and the sin, sin that is in people that sucked this stuff to them and brought that. Yes, 
you know, and that's why I say in the Hebrew mind, they don't, they don't have the, as far as I understand, I've got a little bit of research I've done, they don't have this conundrum of like, how could God do this? No, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a God creates the system, yeah. but it doesn't have to mean that he's the one putting, doing the actual, I want to do this. I love this part. Oh, God says, I love this part. Bing, bing, bing. He says, oh, I, I hate it when this system brings this. It's the devil that gets in and exploits it because he get, uses their sin and uses the sin that's in the world to bring this. But I want, and my plan is to release people. But what if there's sickness? Oh, sorry, what if there's sin? We'll deal with it. That's always the answer. Um, never, ever try and complicate things by having sin that's not dealt with. Repent. Get freed from that. Go back to listen to our teaching on righteousness and consciousness, being free. That's what... That's all there so that we can be free from that stuff. We don't have to live in it. Do you know what I mean? But um, never, ever, 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 ever come to God and ask him for healing because you feel embarrassed and ashamed that the sickness is part of your problem. All right? That, I don't, don't ever say, oh, I brought this on myself. Well, you know, like, like, it, it might sound ridiculous, but um, would God heal people from a hangover? Self-inflicted, it's got nothing to do with sickness in one sense. It's this, abuse my body, and now my body's, yes, he would. Oh, you're saying he's all good with the hanger? Have you not been listening? <laughs> of course he's not good with it. But he is, he, the hangover is an expression of the dumbness of your sin. and the. Re would God heal you? Yes, he would, in an instant if he finds faith, and if there's a rebellion, if there's an underlying sin problem, a trust problem, a leaning in, a drinking issue where you are looking to wine instead of looking to the spirit, if you're leaning into you know, using that for your celebration, for that for your wind down, for that for your um, feel-good moment, for that for your escapism, for that for whatever reason, hey, confess that sin. Confess your sins. Get in with it. Get the elders. Say, pray with me. Help me to deal with this thing. And so then I can walk in into, um, I, I can walk in your healing power because, um, and I'm not saying, oh, he'll only heal you because you've repented. You know what I mean? It's just because they're tied together. He just wants you healed and whole. It's why he died for you. But if, you know, um, I often think of it, it's like, you know, trying to, Jesus trying to fill up the bath. And we pull the plug out. <laughs> Don't work against him. <laughs> he is just wanting to pour into you. You got to put that plug in and and just allow it to to be working. Not, you know, hit, you know. So, um, so that's what he wants to do. He wants to deal with the whole person. I, I think there's, you know, we had that time where, you know, the. Um, where the blind man, they said, you know, is his parents' sin or his own? Um, there's one time where I think it was based on um, a man's sin. James, uh, John 5, 14. We're going to finish with this. John 5, 14. After this, Jesus found a man at the temple. Um, oh, sorry, there's a little bit. Um, the story is the man at the pool during the Sabbath People would lie there. 
They'd get in the pool when it was moved. He'd been there for 38, he'd been sick, disabled for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he realized the man had been disabled a long time already. He said, do you want to become well? The sick man answered, oh, I've got no one to put me in the pool. It's not my fault. And the water gets stirred up. When I'm trying to get into the water, someone else goes down there before me. Jesus said, well, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. It's the Sabbath, but Jesus commands. Immediately, the man was healed, picked up his mat and started walking. Oh, that was the Sabbath. And the Jews, the Jews got upset with him. You're not permitted to carry a mat. This guy just throws Jesus under the bus. He said, oh, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. <laughs> He's just healed you. Oh, not my fault. Find that guy who's the other guy. You know, his fault. They asked him, well, who is the man who said, pick up your mat and walk? The man said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> he just came and said it and gone into the crowd. I don't know who he is. And um, after this, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, look, you have become well. But listen to this. Don't sin anymore, lest anything else so anything worse happened to you? Mm. 38 years, but there was something, something that it was wrong with this guy. Yeah. And Jesus said, hey, you've become well, but don't. Don't, don't, don't go and open the door to this again. This is one of the only few times where a sickness that I can see, Jesus connected it with sin, but he didn't say, well, when you fixed up your sin, we'll get the sickness yeah. sorted. Or I'll even like, back. sorry. I can't deal with this sickness because it's connected with your sin. It's just the punishment. You're just going to have to deal with it. Hey, what you can do is you can serve me as a lame man and show how much you love me by being doing it lame. You know, you, you'll show that you've got greater faith than everyone can walk around because you're doing it lame. Hey, how good with that? You'll be really super, like you'll be like a super Christian. Um, none of that. Yeah. He heals him. Mm. Heals him. And then he says, but you need to sort this out because if you go back into the what you've done and don't let that healing also um, take hold, then it's actually going to come back on you. Mm. Not because he says, this is not, I'll get you. Mm. If you sin, yeah. I'll come get you. That's not his heart at all. He's like, I've just freed you, but you need to realize um, that this has been so free. Um, and if actually interesting, this scripture became, this, this healing became a big deal because, you know, it was done on the Sabbath. So that was why everyone's upset. He refers to it later. Um, and, you know, they're fighting about the Sabbath. This is two chapters later. He says, um, um, what, uh, if a male child is circumcised on the Sabbath, so the law of Moses is not broken, why are you angry with me? Because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath. Talking about the same thing. But it's interesting. He didn't say I healed him. He said I made him completely well. I fixed him up inside and out, and you're upset with me because I did it on the Sabbath. But I like that phrase. He said, I made this man completely yeah, well. That's so good. There's an inference there. It was not just the physical. He was, that man was healed yeah. from stuff, given an opportunity to do that. So um, I want you to have total confidence. I do not want sin in any, any way to, oh, you know, I brought this on myself. I, I can't pray for my neighbor. I can't deal with it. No, what you need to do is build faith, build confidence, build understanding that you're in, that, you're, um, that God is a healer that God is designing, that that's his heart for you, yeah. that's his passion for that's you, right. that's what he wants for you, he yearns for you, he's done everything he can to get healing to you. But you, you might have to do those things and persevere, be consistent, build your faith. But one thing you don't need to do is say, oh, no, this is a result of my own sin, I'm locked in this, or this is, this is just my lot in life, yeah. this is what I, you know, I've just got to endure. I'm going to give God great glory by enduring Never do I see that as God's answer. Wants to deliver you, wants to set you free. 
if you do have things and you're like, mm, I'm squirming on the inside listening to this, well, confess your sins. Get hold. I, I love the fact that this was not just an individual thing. It was the book of James. It was like a, a, a community thing. Mm. Get hold of your, um, get hold of people that you, your leadership, people that you you can lean on, and share with them. I want you to pray with me, and I want to let you know I'm struggling with something. Can you pray with me so th we can deal with the wholeness issue? They can believe with you straight away, and they can see you set free. But this is not just about physical. It, it's it's whole wholeness, and um, so you can do that. You can you can deal with that, um, but don't 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 hold back in coming to God out of embarrassment and out of shame and out of oh, you know, I've done it again sort of mindset or I've fallen again. You come to God. You believe Him. Don't. Don't ever, you know, like in the old, um, the old monks and stuff used to embrace sickness as a way of suffering to show their how sorry they were for their sins. So they would they would make themselves have cuts and or, or abrasions that they would get infected, and or they'd wear a hair coat which is like um, it would be infected with lice, and they would wear this so it was constantly itching. So they they're trying to show, don't your sin your your sickness is not. To be used as a punishment to 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 keep you on the you know the, the good path, Jesus just wants to heal you. It's His plan. Always has been. There is always a desire for Him to bring you into wholeness. If there's something else connected with it, well, just deal with it. Let get let God work. Connect with others there. Let them help you deal with it because you don't have to do that on your own. Um, thank you so much for those who've joined us. Um, I love. I haven't seen uh, some of. The, I've seen some of the scriptures, but mm. I've sort of been yeah. pretty focused here. No, so we, I haven't we seen love, them as we a, love you guys comment and you're a part of it and that you're you're adding as well. So um, it's really good. Uh, you know, I feel, I feel like we've been preached to today. It's been it's been really good. Yeah. So, um, Josh, why don't you let, release your faith for anybody right now? Mm. If you're watching this and your faith has been built in the fact that God's a good God. Mm. I want to break through in this. You don't have to be sick one minute longer. You don't even have to go from this and go back and, 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 and do something. We can do it right now. Yep. Okay, Josh, why don't we pray for someone and let's see people get healed right now as they're watching this mm. in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you are here and your miracle power, it is here right now, Father God. And we thank you for everyone who uh, has something that is just not right Something that it just it has not been uh, your will. It goes against what you desire and what you want for them, Father. We thank you that just with the teaching that we have received today, we know that you are a good Father, that you are a good God, that you want us well, that you want to heal us. We thank you, Father. That is exactly what you want. And so we lay a hold of that. We latch onto that. Um, and we say, Lord, that you are our healer. You are our God. Jesus, when you went to the cross, you took everything. You dealt with the sin. You dealt with the sickness. You dealt holistically with everything. And so we can receive healing from you right now. Right in now. the name of Amen. Jesus. We thank Hallelujah. you that it is done right now. In. That we do not have to hold on to it any longer. We can just release that and say, it is healed. It is done. Thank you, God, that it is done and it is not coming back. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, I declare not this healing, but the restoration. Lord, I thank you. That word flowed today. So I thank you. In the name of Jesus, I, 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 I exhort people right now, do something. 
do something that, that your body wouldn't have been able to do because you've seen a healing and a restoration. Take a step. Like that layman, just get up, take your bed, walk. Do. Do what God um, has done for you. Manifest it. Show it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll bless you. Um, send us comments. Let us know. You can go to our website. Um, you can go to breakthrough.org.au slash academy. Get all the past messages there from um, this series on healing. And then you can also go back and get on covenant, uh, the fuller uh, topic covenant, even before that on, on the word of God. Um, you can also use that website to send us messages and let us know um, what God's done so we can rejoice with you. God bless you. So for me. And Josh. And Josh. <laughs> See God, you later. God bless you. <laughs>